0: If you could start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do. Um, Yeah, just please share whatever you feel the audience needs to know about you to get to know you.
1: Cool. Um, Well, I am currently doing online coaching with uh, fitness. We do a 12-step program, 12-week program that um, we've basically set up to focus on nutrition, fitness, and mentality work. So I have quite a history of doing entrepreneur work. I've been doing it for five years and everything that I've worked on, all these different projects or career choices that I'd gone with, none of them really felt like they were good enough, you know, like I was contributing enough. So this one feels a lot closer to it because I'm actually able to work with people, which is the thing that I really, really love to do. Is to work with people and be able to talk into them and hear about their life and build a connection. So that's where I'm at right now. Oh, cool.
0: And then um, for fitness, um, how long have you been in that field? Is this relatively new or have you been doing it for a while or just involved in the fitness industry?
1: Just the last year. Um, I've been doing fitness for myself for I don't know over a decade, 10, 15 years training myself and my body and stuff. Um, but just coaching and working with people just 12 months.
0: Okay, what kind of stuff do you normally do like when your clients work with you? what's the typical uh, workout program? What do you have like a very specific style that you work with?
1: Um, so every client's different obviously. You got to cater to each one at least a little bit to what I believe be a good coach. Um, but a lot of them are going to be based off a similar template, which is going to be, uh, some cardio, some weightlifting, um, and other things on the side that is optional, which is going to be like sauna or heating and cooling or excess of stretching, depending on what kind of area they really need to work on. I can change everything just a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, cool. and then what is the typical type of client that you normally work with? Like if somebody were to come to you, who would exactly who exactly would you want to be looking for? Or who would you want to come with come to you?
1: Uh it depends. There's probably a few, honestly. Um, ideally I'd like to work with men who have had either weight issues or like overweight issues or underweight issues. Personally I was underweight and that was the issue that I dealt with growing up through high school, college, all that stuff. I have to eat a lot just to keep my physique at where it's at right now. Um, So those are probably, those people I can relate to the most, um, which makes them the most fun to work with. So if I had the option to choose every single client that came my way, it would be thinner guys who don't have a lot of muscle, who wanna put on muscle and have just felt skinny, kind of that ectomorph body type.
0: Yeah, yeah, so if you're cool with it, let's talk, do you wanna talk a little bit about your experience with being underweight, because that's—I think that is um, not unusual, but I don't think that that's something that is discussed a lot um, within the fitness industry. I feel like it's always focused on overweight, and you know, it's not something that I hear very often. As a as a coach or as a trainer working at a gym, like I do hear about that pretty pretty commonly. But I just don't feel like it's really discussed that much in great detail.
1: Right. You might hear about women having not big legs or guys not having big shoulders, but usually you don't hear a whole bunch about guys actually being underweight and having eat a huge excess amount of calories just to put their weight on. Yeah. Um, at least not commercialized. Like we might hear about it obviously as coaches, but um, so yeah. Um, so in high school I was underweight I played a lot of sports. I played lacrosse, football, and volleyball, and I got made fun of for not being thick. Obviously, um, I was also really tall. So you know, now I'm six foot six. Uh, back in high school, I was probably like six two, six three, before I graduated, um, and I was severely underweight. Like, if my body weight now is two fifteen, back then I would have been same height, probably like one seventy. Okay. if that makes sense. So that's, you know, a 40 pound difference, which is a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just a lot.
0: Yeah. And then did you feel like that, obviously it probably had an effect on you emotionally, but like, what were some of the feelings that you went through having to deal with like that body type and getting picked on Were there anything in particular that you struggled with?
1: Just specifically like my self image sort of thing. Yeah, well, I guess everybody, you know, high school is a hard time because a lot of people are going through, you know, becoming an adult or learning what they want to do with their life. And we're all kind of thrown into this big melting pot. We're all trying to figure out what, you know, what we're trying to do with our life. Um, And just that in itself kind of creates, you know, a lot of stress on a normal person. But being young and going through puberty and all of these sports that you're playing in classes, all of it just kind of builds up. Um, So I think a lot of the stress that I had was mainly because of that regardless of my body image. And then on top of that, um, going out and playing those sports and having a body image issue just developed, you know, a little bit more severely um, and more quickly.
2: So. Yeah.
0: Did any of those feelings carry over? Like what did you do to overcome that? Or is it still something that you, that comes up every once in a while or have you completely healed from it in any way?
1: Uh, well, I would say, you know, everybody has some form of kind of like trauma. Or mental programming that we go through that we've kind of been indoctrinated into. And part of mine is that where I'm like, oh, is my body too thin or am I this or this? And especially being somebody who weightlifts, you know, I can always tweak those things. So I'm always looking for improvements. Um, so I would say, yeah, on a daily basis, there's like a, all right, what do I need to work on today? What's more important for me today? Um, I wouldn't say I so much carry like that body image around just because I feel like I've achieved what I was looking for. Um, and also I've gone through just kind of, like, personal therapy to, like, go back and not feel the same way as I did before.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting, because I had a specific body type when I was in high school. I, at some point, like, when I developed or whatever, um, I had, like, a very thin upper body, but a bigger lower body, and I wasn't fit at all. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't Eat, well, I actually ate junk food and like, like I ate garbage. So my body shape was like super weird because I was technically over, not overweight, like in a big way, but I was not healthy technically. Yeah. So I think that carries over a lot into my own life today. Like I still, like, I know that I'm in great shape. I know that I look fine, but there are just moments where I will focus on like the way that I look in relation to how I felt in high school. Um, So that's really interesting because it's just so strange how that carries over and you'll still have those moments of feeling like you kind of go back to those feelings. Mm -hmm. Really, yeah, just throwing that in there.
1: No, I agree. I think that we get, like I said, it's like that trauma or that mental programming or if somebody was to point that out to you now, the effect that it has on you now would be very similar to the effect it had on you back then, right? You still...
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. <sighs> it was because, like, I was in high school, I was 4'10", like, slowly becoming the five-foot person that I am today, mm-hmm. um, and that was just really hard for me, because, like, even to this day, because I'm smaller, um, I noticed that in pictures and on um, video i look like whiter than everybody else it's like this weird thing like maybe because i'm <laughs> at
2: the bottom of the ground. maybe it's not
0: even real like it could totally all be in my head also but anytime anyone says like anything complimentary even about like muscle that i have that's like looking really good i'm like immediately like oh my god that's not okay like i need to undo that like i don't even I don't even squat right now. I don't even know if that's a thing that I should announce, but I currently don't squat so that I look a particular way. And the reason why I bring that up is because I want to know, um, is there a particular way that you are training so that you can achieve um, the look that you want?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think regardless, even if I'm knowing of it, because I think a lot of it is subconscious. like. I'm like, oh, I need to work on chest. Whereas in reality, it's like, no, you do chest twice a week, bro, three times a week. You don't need to do more chest. Um, but at the same time, like, there is some like image in my mind of what I should look like, some conforming mm-hmm. to a physique that I should look like. Um, and I do have that like for me, it's shoulders and chest. I have to train those a lot more. Um, lower body grows pretty easily on me. Abs are great, arms are great, but shoulders and chest are a very difficult muscle group. Uh, I actually think because I'm really tall, and I have bad joints in my shoulders, so it's a lot more work, but um, but that's the, yeah, I mean, I do definitely train a specific way to look a specific way, and that's what our entire purpose of going to the gym is, you know, you want to look a very specific way, so you have, like, that opportunity to mess around and sculpt yourself, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. cool, and then, like, yeah, what does typical training look like for you? I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but how many days a week are you working out how often are you training particular muscles what are you usually training
2: um
1: well i train every muscle group uh i spend a lot of time stretching i stretch in the morning and i stretch directly after my lift as well um just because stronger it just makes you a lot stronger and that's the ideal um way to do it but um i do every single muscle group just once a week right now okay Um, and then after I've gone, you know, six consistent, six consistent weeks, then on the seventh week, I usually choose what I want to work out for that week and give other body parts a longer rest or see what's going to sit naturally. And yeah, I have a very weird workout regimen, if I'm honest.
0: (laughs) Why do you say it's weird?
1: It's weird because I follow a script and then I choose to not follow the script for a period of time to see what my body does absolutely naturally. Kind of like, um, what is it called? What is that natural eating? There's some term that they use for natural eating. Intuitive. Intuitive eating, yeah, where you just let your body tell you what it wants to work on, and that's what I do for my workouts after I've been doing a consistent regimen for a period of time, okay. um, and and that benefits me greatly. Like that's some that's one of the greatest weeks. I see the most results, the most gains. I feel the best, um, and it could just be placebo, but it really really helps me out.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, and then what do you like to do
1: outside of the gym? Sure. Um, well, yeah, I love to rock climb, uh, avid rock climber. How yeah. long have
2: you
1: been doing that? Uh, this is probably going to be just my second year getting through it. So I've probably been climbing about 18, 19 months. Um, and that just started indoors you know, a while back. And I love it. I, honestly, it's really good uh, for your hands and your arms and your back. And it's a great way to sweat. And when you, I don't know, the feeling of accomplishment I get in there because I'm afraid of heights is really good.
0: Oh, okay. Is that something that you started doing because you were afraid of heights?
1: Um, well, so I guess we'll dip into my past here. So the last five years I ran a tree service business. And it was my business. And so I had to do every single task possible on the list for a period of time before I hired other people to do it. Um, And one of those things that I started, uh, I ended up doing for quite a while was actual tree climbing. And being afraid of heights, the first time you get up in a 60-foot tree and the wind is blowing you around and you're with a chainsaw and you're cutting logs heavier than you by, you know, a thousand pounds, it's a little frightening. It's a little intimidating. Um, and you're just attached to this small rope. So that was the beginning of my getting over fear of heights. Um, but rock climbing still to this day, every time I get on the wall, there's a little bit of fear that I have to like, intentionally let go of to be able to do it. Um, but it's just so rewarding every single time because that fear also makes it really intense, and that intensity makes it really, really fun. It gets your adrenaline and makes it totally worth the ride.
0: Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know you did that.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Do you still do anything like
1: that? Yeah, I I still, oh, as far as tree climbing goes, I don't do any tree climbing. Uh, I quit that job last January, eight months ago. Yeah, probably was when I finished doing this.
0: Yeah, so that was what you were doing before you got into, like, really got into online fitness coaching. Like, can you talk a little bit about the transition between that career into what you're currently doing now
1: it's a big transition um
0: I mean no I was a babysitter before I mean I was a I'm a CrossFit trainer currently and I've been doing that for like three years but I was practically a full-time nanny before I started online coaching so it's not that you know yeah usually mm mm-hmm I was a nanny for eight years
1: oh cool That's a long time.
0: It's a long time. But, you know, like what's funny is that I actually didn't even realize while I was doing it, but I was starting my own business and I was, you know, building that up and, you know, like going from like being afraid of children on my very first job and just kind of filling in for a friend. to having like this relatively successful babysitting service like you you know you probably feel the exact same way with you know your tree what is it tree trimming service tree um, stomach, yeah. like it's a different area of entrepreneurship it's like it's totally different um, from online business but you know let's talk about the transition and let's talk a little bit about the comparison or like what you know what's different about that transition those careers
1: um so i would say one of the biggest things that i noticed is when i need to work hard doing trees that's like physical working hard that's like me going out and finding clients and doing this and working faster on the jobs that i i'm acquiring right um but for fitness making this shift that's why it took me so long like i started doing fitness for four months before i actually quit the tree service thing because it was like very difficult to transition from physical labor to now I'm sitting in front of a computer um, making ads for people and workouts for people and templates and all these different things and it's all online and you know one of the best ways that we do that is through social media and I've never been a social media guy so going into the social media realm and then just hitting the ground running is I mean it was terrible at first it was frightening and fearful but I think that that fear that That uncomfortability is what is making it so rewarding for me as well.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because when I um, started online coaching, I actually had deleted my Facebook account for like a year and I had pulled away from social media, Um, like I think in 2016 or 2017. I think 2016 when I wrote my first book, I had decided like I'm not going to be on social media anymore. This is just the worst time suck. So, you know, to eventually have to be on it for a good amount of time every day, that was a really difficult thing to do because I, you kind of feel like you're starting from scratch because if you're not posting regularly, then, um, it's like, who's actually going to pay attention to what I have to say? Suddenly I'm talking about, you know, my coaching business is like, what is, you know, it felt like a, like starting over almost.
1: Yep. Yep. I would agree with that. And it's, you know, it's like any business in the form that you have to keep chipping away at the things that you need to do to make progress. But also like with, for example, with the tree service, I had a service bringing me leads after a period of time and I just paid them. And so it was not like I had to be a hundred percent on the ball at the time. It was, they gave me the leads and I took care of the leads and, you know, I took care of my end, they took care of their end. But, this social media aspect is so weird because it's like everybody is posting things all the time and if you're not conforming to the post very often thing then you're not receiving the attention you need or the engagement or the the messages or people aren't as interested in you if you're not outdoing them in social media it seems
0: yeah it's a whole game and we were talking about this like yesterday personally Mm but um yeah, like I noticed I I had made some posts and I realized like the engagement on these posts are extremely high compared to my other posts. And I'm recently I have gone on like a little social media detox where I'm not looking through my feed at all. I'm very little I'm looking at it. And so I'm not liking things or commenting on things. I'm not looking at a lot of people's stories. So my engagement suddenly went from like this super high number after you know, being on it for hours every day, to suddenly I'm, you're, are you, let me, never mind. what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm suddenly going from, like, all this engagement, not a lot, but, you know, to this little amount, and I'm just, like, wondering, like, it's fascinating to just see what is driving you know, traffic to your accounts and what Facebook and Instagram and all of those other social media accounts, like what they encourage or what they will reward is, I like to just call it rewarding you for playing the game.
1: Yes, pretty much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. I still haven't converted completely or conformed completely over into the social media realm for business. I still have to mentally like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I still have to plan out, you know, posts here and there. Um, Otherwise I'll just get lost and not doing it because it's just so, it's so attention grabbing and you get on the website or whatever, and you're scrolling and you're like, I need to do this thing. And I'm like lost for 10 minutes, just on a page. I don't even know what I just looked at for 10 minutes. Um, and that shift and not posting for a day or two and seeing the engagement that you get just drop severely is so interesting. Cause I just yeah, we talked about it. I just had the same thing happen where I was like, I had to take a three day weekend cause it was my mother's birthday and this and that I had all these things to go to, but I came back and there was like no engagement on my feed. I'm like, this is just, it's just silly sometimes
0: yeah um so what are your like strategies for handling social media since that is a part of your work um do you spend a certain amount of time on it daily do you give yourself a limit or is it just kind of a free-for-all on your end
1: no i have a time frame um i make sure that i've taken care of all the other steps that i need to before i actually get on social media because Um, when I get on social media, like I said, sometimes I'll get lost and it's like, I have to like consciously be very focused to navigate it without getting caught in the storm of talking to people and this and that. So, um, I plan out my posts. I plan out my, um, videos. I edit and record those videos. Those are probably the most exciting part of my job actually is doing the videos that I know will provide value to people who may never end up being a client of mine, but they still get something. I still influence them in some way. They still got value from going on my page or becoming my friend on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. Um, Being able to provide that value is the most beneficial part. Um, And that's the thing that I focus on the most because as long as I impact those people and I don't get on media for a week, I still did something that I believe in and that's very good for me. Um, and I know that they'll be a supporter of me later down the road because I was able to give them something, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, what made you want to become um, an online fitness coach? Um, share, feel free to share as much as you want on that.
1: I kind of got talked into it from a friend of mine who had started his journey with online coaching. Um, so he's getting coached by a coach. And then he talked me into speaking with this coach and I was looking for a different opportunity. I actually didn't realize that it would take up my other job. Uh, I didn't realize I was gonna end my other business either, um, but things just kind of worked out in that way. I got injured while I was doing tree service. I almost lost my hand on this other job.
0: Oh my God, this... <laughs> talk a little bit about that, what happens?
1: It's just, uh, I mean, to describe it, it's, it's a very, physics-based description, but I was in a tree, and I got my hand caught under a rope that was holding a very large log. Um, and it shouldn't have happened, but it happened just by mere exhaustion and not paying 100% attention. So wow. when that sort of thing happens, I'm like, I can't continue to put myself in jail. Like, I really like my hands. I've grown very attached to them, I would say. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. <laughs> Which hand was it? Was it a use- the useful one?
1: It was my left hand. Yeah. So I still use that one. No, but I mean, I still use it from time to time. You know, (laughs) I don't not use it. We'll say that. (laughs) Uh.
0: Wow. Yikes. So yeah, when you had that incident happen, was it because you were overworking yourself or you just,
3: was that just kind of like a freak accident?
1: Um, so when you work in any industry for a period of time, if you're not always on your toes, there's a chance that you could do something wrong or in my case, I could hurt myself if I do something wrong. If you just become too relaxed and seeing as my job's the number one most dangerous job in America, (laughs) being relaxed doesn't really help me perform right. And getting two injuries on my left hand in the last year was just kind of a sign that I've become too comfortable in the tree, too comfortable doing this. Um, and so there's always these even subconscious shortcuts that you take to get things done at a quicker time frame.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That happened. Um, yeah. Okay. So then you transitioned into your coaching. So, what would you say is similar to um, your previous line of work? What kind of stuff did you feel like you were able to carry on when you transitioned?
1: um high ticket sales um, is definitely something i'm extremely comfortable with uh because you can't really quote a tree you can't under quote a tree because you'll end up paying money for that tree (laughs) um and so learning that and how to talk to people and do sales and when i needed to make money i would go knock on a door and make something happen back in the early years of my business but learning how to set aside the right amount of time to do the work that you need to do, which I think is extremely important. It's just time management, simply put and discipline over yourself for any entrepreneur in any industry, just discipline doing the things that you know you need to do.
3: Yeah. Do you
0: have any advice for anybody who is interested in going into entrepreneurship, particularly in the online space?
1: Um, I know some things about online. (laughs) I feel like I'm constantly learning every single day that I'm doing it. Um, So maybe not so much in the online, but with any business that somebody wants to start, I would just say, simply put, be disciplined, um, be okay with failing, which I think is a huge thing. Um, And something that I do is being a perfectionist, being OCD. I love to build a blueprint and then keep building the blueprint instead of the actual thing (laughs) and that's just take action and don't over plan over planning becomes procrastination as simply put
0: yeah no i completely agree i feel like i have a tendency to like i overbook myself and i tell myself i'm going to do all these things and then i'll end up doing maybe two or three things on that list and i'll feel like a failure like i'm setting myself up yeah upset about the day
2: Mm
0: but um do you have any rules that you live by day to day when it comes to not even business but in life like what's the perfect day for you
1: a perfect day i don't think i found it yet (laughs) uh a really good day is being able to get some form of exercise whether that's be you know play volleyball sand volleyball with my friends go rock climbing Um, have a get together, like a community event. Um, So I can get, you know, my endorphins going. And then also being able to sit down and read a book, I think is by far the number one thing in my list is not being stressed about something, not being worried or rushed into anything and having the ability to literally just sit down against a tree outside with nobody talking and reading a book.
0: Wow. That's very nice. What kind of books do you like to
1: read? I'm an old school fantasy reader. (laughs) I like sci-fi fantasy. um, Stuff that isn't real helps me keep dreaming, you know, keep innovating.
0: (laughs) I almost became a sci-fi writer.
1: I know. (laughs) I think you told me this. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. When I first started... Um, writing again as an adult. um, So when I was a kid, I wrote like whatever, you know, whatever I was inspired by. But when I became an adult, and I had stopped writing for a period of time, and I started again, I thought that I was going to go into science fiction writing. So I would write like Twilight Zone style short stories. The main character of my first novel ended up being like an aspiring science fiction writer because of that brief period of time that I was, like, really into that, like.
1: Hey, it's a good genre. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I'll read all types of fantasy. As long as the plot's good and there's good character development, I can just sit and read that all day long.
0: What are some of your favorite books? Do you have any?
1: I'll, I'll name one, um, because I don't want anybody else, if they listen to this podcast, to look up any other book but this one, because it's important. (laughs) And it's name of the wind by Patrick Rothfuss.
0: Okay. Have you read movie? it? No, I don't even know what that is.
1: Wow. Um,
0: Have you read it a little bit. Like, what about it makes it the
2: best book to you?
1: There's a lot of elements that go into writing a good story, and this, go ahead. Go ahead. this, this um, book captures pretty much all of them. Um, really good character development. Really easy to read, um, but not like slow or boring, like simple to read as in like you get engrossed in it as soon as you pick the book up. And it's actually hard for you to put the book down. Um, Also, it's a hero's tale and I like hero's tales. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably all I'm gonna say about it.
0: What what is the like? Can you give like a one line? What is it about?
1: <laughs> it's about a character named Quoth. Quoth. Quoth.
0: Are you going to name your first son Quoth?
1: I won't. I'll name him from a different book that I read, but that's a different story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, do you like Harry Potter?
1: Harry Potter was a decent read. What? <laughs> are,
0: how have you read the whole series
1: i made it to through book three
0: are you for real you yeah. just weren't that into it
1: i was younger then i was you know very young when i was reading that series so maybe i just didn't enjoy it as much then and i would enjoy it more now
0: what? that's so crazy you need to get <laughs> back into it Because so i feel perfectionist. like
1: perfectionist
0: what no 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 it's like one of the best stories of all time and i feel like if you like fantasy was like when you as soon as you mentioned it, i thought okay this guy is probably like a harry potter fan it's like crazy to me i'm crazy.
1: not not a fan there's just some very good fantasy books out there and once you've read what i would say is the top tier you can't harry put potter the here. <laughs> no. here um i don't think any i don't think any like world-renowned like writer like jk rowling i think she's a great writer but i think anybody that everybody loves is not going to be the best naturally i think you know what i mean that's just like i think the best stuff is read by people who are not in the norm and so it's not going to be loved by every single person it's going to be controversial
0: okay yeah i think i get what you're saying
1: there does does it make sense it sure
0: does um yeah let's talk a little bit about nonfiction. then what kind of books do you like to read are you like an avid reader of like personal development or any particular genre outside of fiction
1: you know i was until a really good friend of mine said you've read a lot of those books caleb i think you know what you need to do and reading in excess of that like it can be useful but at the same time the time the amount of time that you spend doing it Like you could spend it taking action instead. And I get stuck in that blueprint mindset. So um, there's a few really good books. I really enjoyed the four hour work week. Um, Simply because I relate to that. I wouldn't say it was the greatest written personal development book, but the data and it's really good. Um, And he provides details on all the different methods that he used to create a life where he doesn't need to work more than four hours a week um which i really appreciated and then there was a there's another one by napoleon hill
0: uh think and grow rich
1: yeah and i thought that book was extremely repetitive um after the first half
0: a little hard to read honestly yeah
1: but there's some really good things in there to learn about um i really like when he talks about the mastermind group because i think that's extremely extremely useful tool that anybody can use if they're trying to create a good community that's going to help support them in their growth and in their entrepreneurship or whatever Um, and besides that personal development books probably like the bible (laughs) i think that go ahead are
0: you religious at all
1: i am not religious Uh, i've studied a lot of different religions and philosophies I don't follow any rules.
0: <laughs> and were you raised religiously at all? I was.
1: I was, yeah. Do
0: you want to talk about that or no?
1: Sure. Because I have you I, know.
0: I have stuff that I can say about that too. So I would love to know what your experience with religion was. If you can share like what religion, yeah. what that was like, when you decided to transition out of that. <laughs>
1: I don't know if it's ever really like a transition unless you're one of those people that's just like, I hate that. I hate the way people think there. I hate the community, all that stuff. Then it's like they force themselves out of it. But I mean, for me, there's always going to be an aspect. Like I do believe there's a God. I believe there's like a conscious being that does works in the world. I don't know if I believe that he's got this very finite detailed list of agendas that he needs to do. but I do think like the intent of this being is goodness. I do believe it is like a pure being. Um, but yeah, I was raised Christian. We didn't have any specific denomination. I guess you could call us like evangelical. Um, and I guess, cause this topic could go on for centuries. Um, really what I learned from that is, there's a lot of things that the church doesn't talk about um and i don't think it's because they're afraid to talk about those things i just think that a lot of the people there would lose interest in going if they went over all the different things that are there and and a lot of people who go to the church are very okay not believing in spirituality but believing in doctrine and that was kind of the experience i got like i didn't believe that there were like spiritual or magical invisible forces that were influencing us until i got out of the church and then i experienced a lot more of that
2: yeah
1: um and so growing up being a one of five kids oh, wow. and being a church family
2: <laughs>
1: it, was the, it felt very um cagey yeah. i don't know if that's the actual adjective for it but i felt like very caged in um and that's what influenced me to go out and try and not follow people's rules anymore by being an entrepreneur. So actually played a big role in my life.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And like, what are your current beliefs now?
1: Um, Like I said, I believe there's God. Uh, I believe that he has an agenda, but it's not like very finite detailed agenda. It's an agenda for good and for you to have a good experience and to learn to love and to let go of these things like, addictions or bad habits that we would call ego. Um and I believe that hmm, besides that, I, I'm not sure that I have a whole bunch of stuff. I believe there is a thing like a concept of sin. I do believe there are negative things that people can do um with intent that would be sinful. Yeah. Um I'm just not sure how to define that because the Bible does have some things in its doctrine that I'm definitely not for.
0: Um, Have you read the whole Bible?
1: There might be a few books that I've skipped, Um, but I've definitely read the majority of it. I remember maybe like 20% of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've never read it in full. I think I've only read like bits and pieces of it. I grew up, my family was Catholic. Like we identified as Catholic. I, I was baptized and everything, but we were not churchgoers, Like maybe we went for like Easter and Thanksgiving and things like that, but it was definitely a belief in our household that we had. And to the point where, when I went out into the real world and like school, like I thought everyone believed in the same thing. Like that was kind of the environment that I was raised in. So it like shocked me when I found out like, oh wait, there's different religions. Like why isn't that kid saluting the flag? Like that's crazy. Like I thought it was all very insane. But, you know, I think because it was more of like a spiritual thing that we had going with uh, religion, um, it did ultimately shape my relationship with God. And I never really, I never really liked church in general, just because that was just not my experience with it. So the times that I was involved, it definitely opened my eyes to like, okay, I know I'm not a religious person. and it's okay that I'm not. I think ultimately realizing that your personal relationship with whatever you want to believe in, God, Source, you know, universe. Um, and obviously, um, like my family is Christian now and they are avid, avid churchgoers, um, which is weird because that was not something that I grew up with. So it's kind of strange to be in a household like that now where. You know there's a lot more god talk than there used to be Mm -hmm. and to have different beliefs too from my family like that's a weird there's like a disconnect slightly Mm -hmm. Um, that's tough do you feel that way with anybody in your family or anyone you're close with where there is a little bit of resistance as far as beliefs go
1: um are you saying a resistance that i have towards them
0: on either side, because I know for me, it's my mom. Um, I won't talk about it a lot, but my mom and I, um, I don't really like butt heads with her because I believe in everything. You know, I believe that everything is possible. Um, uh, But for her and like a couple of other of my relatives, like they're not really down with my spiritual clown, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, So is that something that you've experienced?
1: I don't think anybody except for maybe one or two people share the same kind of idea about God and spirituality that I do. Um, But I I think that's probably true for most people. Like we all have a different sense really internally like of this God force of God. Um, I wouldn't say there's abrasion. I definitely, the black sheep in my family where I just don't believe super conservative like christian beliefs because they a they feel very like not quite controlling but they feel very like so focused on the rules yeah i would say i can't speak completely openly with my family about my beliefs i can speak about 90 percent of them because they do follow like the pattern that god is in the bible but they also follow the pattern that um the spirit represents in like Buddhist religion or with the Tao Te Ching. And I've, honestly, I really relate mostly with the Tao Te Ching. Um, And I would suggest anyone just to read that because it's like an hour long read (laughs) and it'll completely change your perspective on yourself. But um, between my family members, I'm the black sheep. I don't believe super conservative stuff like that there are these rules and I'm being judged for that I believe that there is a huge thing about my intent to be good matters more than how I go about it um, which it seems like in the church is not the same for them there's is well you did the wrong thing anyways yeah. but if your intention was good um, which is you know that's different that's a whole other subject
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, my experience, I definitely, like I mentioned with my mom, there's definitely there and I actually have, like, I'm an only child. So, um, I have cousins that I'm extremely close to. So my cousin who, um, is practically like a sister to me, we were raised together. Like we, it's like, it's very upsetting that like, I will talk about my beliefs to her and because they're so, you know, out there she gets very upset, and she doesn't want to hear about them because she says that it bums her out that I'm not going to be able to go to heaven. Or <laughs> I'm like, it's very specifically like your like I need to save you is the mentality that I think goes into her. I don't know if um, I have other family members who feel that way, but I know with her in particular, I'm unsavable. <laughs>
1: Uh I, you know, that's a hard one. If you're unsafable, you might as well just have fun while you're here. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I
2: do.
0: that is definitely what I do. Okay, um, yeah. So I would love to know what. Where do you see your future? Like, what do you see like in the next year, in the next five years? Like, what would you like to make of yourself down the road?
1: Um. So this isn't the only business that I work on. This is one of two that i'm currently working on um for the future i mean everything's always changing but what i see right now today is you know this fitness business that i'm doing flourishing into more of a life coaching business uh, where i get to work one-on-one with people and you know addictions that they go through or have mental programs or whatever it is that they're dealing with and be able to kind of do like therapy with them as we find out where they want to get with their life and then coach them into the process, the mental process and the physical process of making that change happen for them. And then also I see myself with my other business which is a trust management asset fund, trust asset management fund, where we manage things like cryptocurrency and real estate and assisted living locations. Um, That is kind of a big fish that we're working on as well, where we have a lot of stuff set up in our network and the relationships that we've built um, that I can see like massive potential growth over the next 10 years. And, you know, financially I'll be set obviously, but also the impact that we'll be able to have on the world as a whole. Will would be far greater than my coaching business.
2: Yeah.
1: And.
0: Interesting. How long have you been doing
1: that? Um, I guess the whole project has probably been a year long. Um, but you know, we go through fluctuations where we need to make this connection to do this and this. And so we're waiting on that connection to go through, um, I'm letting my business partner actually take about 80% of the workload yeah. <laughs> right now um just because he has all the free time in the world and he's retired um so it's nice actually usually i'm running like the whole show and i do a business plan with somebody um, but this time i'm actually getting to sit back at least a little bit and just be part of the process of it growing which is great cool
0: that's interesting and um yeah so then with coaching can you talk a little bit about um your program i know we spoke about it a little bit but like maybe we can talk a little bit about any upcoming uh, enrollment uh application process all of that stuff that you go through with your clients if anybody is interested in working with you
1: sure so the application process is a couple of different things we have a questionnaire that we have on the website It just, they need to fill out and it gives us information, you know, height, weight, body height, whatever it is. Um, And that's really just for us. It's very short five, 10 question questionnaire. Um, But then we have a double call process. So we have the first call, which is an introduction where we talk about what their goals are gonna be, what they wanna see out of this. And then we can kind of find out if it's actually good for them, for us to work together. And then the second call is to dive a lot deeper, get everything hashed out, figuring out where they are or where they want to get and potential bumps in the road that we might come in contact with.
0: Oh, cool. So then, um, let's elaborate a little bit more on your program, because I know you mentioned um, it's not just fitness in and of itself. Like there's something far greater that you're working toward with your clients, correct? Yes. You want to dive um, and what specifically? people can expect from that
1: so right now ours is very spirituality based where we're trying to dissect us as humans bring us down to ground level see why we think act feel this way and you know the fitness growth is a great aspect a great goal to have during the 12-week process but the main thing that we're focusing on is shifting the mindset because regardless of what your body looks like you should not have the mindset that you do about your body for a lot of different people. Um, So we really try and dive in and find out why you're thinking the way you're thinking, how can we get that switch so you think of yourself in a positive light, a glass half full, not half empty, right? And then just pounding it into them, (laughs) but not really, but working with them until they understand and they feel different and they look different and they think different because the goal of the program is not to get them in shape. The goal is to create, help this person create themselves in a way that they can go out in the world and they can change the way that their finances operate. They can change the way that their relationships work. They can impact, even if their world's really small, they can impact that world around them. And that's what we want to create is more people like that.
0: Yeah, that's really amazing. And I think what I love about the online coaching space is that it is opening up people's eyes to the fact that Yeah, like fitness is great. Losing weight is great. But getting and getting in shape is great. You know, all good stuff. But ultimately, like, that's really not the end of it. There's so much that goes into creating this quality life. And we think that, you know, if we lose weight, we're going to get everything that we want. Or when we reach a certain goal, we're going to get everything we want. But if we don't really have that mindset and all that other stuff in place, then we're just going to be kind of trapped in this loop of, you know, losing weight, gaining weight, never really being happy um yeah with that being said um what have you noticed in your life that like was it starting with fitness that allowed you to create a higher quality life for yourself or what was it that like kind of catapulted everything for you and like led to you making changes and working on yourself
1: the thing that really started me off on my journey on my entrepreneurship i give a lot of thanks to my parents and the way that we were raised because mm-hmm. it made me feel locked down and that was very beneficial for me because when i finally was able to get out i went out into the world and i wanted to experience everything yeah. and one of those things was kind of an that was kind of an escape for me was drug abuse mm-hmm. and i cater a lot of the, su- the success i have now to drug abuse and to the way that i was raised um simply because I've never had a job longer than eight months. Never had a job longer than eight months. Stand the authority figure standing over me telling me how to do this or telling me how to do that. And I cannot stand the lack of impact that I have by working a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm working a nine to five job for Donald Trump or, or, you know, some other really, for Tony Robbins, it's still the fact that there's an authority figure there that's dictating what I should be doing. That is the thing that's going to push me out of that job.
0: I hate being told. It's a mm-hmm. really big problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I get mad when people try to give me advice and like tell, like, almost imply like how I should be leading my life. I get super mad. Like to the point where, yeah. I can't deal with it. And that's a big reason why I love, like I never wanted to get a standard job because like I tried, um, I feel like I had kind of an opposite upbringing in that. My mom was, and I'm raised by a single mom. So um, she kind of took on this mentality of, you should know what the, the world is really like. Like, you should know what everything is like. So, you know, there were no restrictions or censorship on what I was allowed to watch. I could watch, you know, I used to watch rated R, really inappropriate movies for my age when I was like five years old. Um, I could listen to what I was listening to Eminem, you know, when I was a, at a really young age. Or at so I was like super exposed to like violence and sexuality and like, my mom was kind of like, hey, if somebody offers you like alcohol or something, and you want to take a sip, like that's cool. As long as you know, you're doing it under supervision, like it was very open, like a very open childhood. And she was kind of like, just talk with me about everything. And you know, you can like, go anywhere you want, hang out with any, like, whoever you want, just tell me where you're going. And um, it kind of led to me just not doing anything as an adult like I don't drink for the longest time I didn't like I've never done drugs I've never like I just had no interest in doing anything because I was like you know that's all stuff that even if I didn't directly experience it I had the option of doing it so it's like not appealing to me at all and I would almost not get it um and not in a bad way like like I'm looking down on anybody for wanting to do those things. It's more like, like, oh, I just don't understand it, and um,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I feel, I think that's a really good point you make. Just because you could do it, that's one of the reasons that you didn't really desire to do some things. Because um, I feel that way a lot. Um, after understanding the way that my brain works, I love to chase things, but once I have them, you know, I could probably deal without even have wasted, without wasting all that time to get that thing. I don't really need this thing. Uh, I think that's an awesome point. Do you, do you want to tell me about that?
0: About what?
1: The chase, but not being satisfied with the goal.
0: Um, chase in the sense of, in, like, what regard? Like, just anything in life?
1: Knowing that you can have something, versus...
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. And there are things that... I really want that I feel like I can't have and it stems more in like things that are out of my control like for me I like really pine to you know achieve a certain level of success and have certain people and situations like dream home dream car dream you know whatever like those things I'm like oh man I have to have those things because I didn't grow up with that stuff or I didn't grow up with any direct experience to certain things, if that makes sense. So those things I feel like I chase a lot. I chase a lot of the stuff that I don't have, or I never really got to experience. Does that make sense? Does that?
1: Yep. Yep, totally. Um, that's kind of how I feel too, is you know when we're growing up we got neglected in some ways and so whether that be in a relationship or with material things there's always something that we got neglected from and a lot of those things we desire because we were we weren't allowed to have those things or we were neglected from having like love from mom so you go out and you date a bunch of women that'll love the crap out of you or treat you like she did um and so yeah i was i was just curious because i find that super interesting that Mm -hmm. Once I understood that I could have this or this or this or this, yes. you know, even in the last few years, I just like let it go. Like I don't care about that now. I don't need that in my life at all.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't. I guess I don't really think much about the stuff that I can have. I tend to focus a lot on the things that I. I don't focus a lot on them, but you know, I have my goals that I want to achieve, and I think a lot about those. I have a tendency to not. Is super focused in the present moment because I'm thinking so much about what I want and I know we've talked about this before like I visualize a lot or I daydream a lot and like I feel like I live in that space a lot more than the real world so I, it's something that I'm working on and I'm, I'm noticing too like when I let go of certain things that I can be more present and everything's good, it's when I kind of fall into that feeling of like, oh, but this is the thing that I really desire, and this is the thing that I really want, that, you know, that's when a lot of unhappiness is created in my life, and anxiety, and stuff like that. Do you have anything to say
2: about that?
1: I mean, I've got a lot to say about that. It sounds like you just talked about being present. Mm Mm-hmm. Um which I, I need to do a lot more. I'm focused uh, like 80% on the future, 10% on the past, 10% on the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and it creates a lot of unhappiness when you're not being where you are right now. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that like, my future is gonna be great. I'm gonna love it. Um, but because I think about it so much, my brain actually attaches to the present that I'm not loving it now. And so, yeah, I deal with that feeling sometimes and I have to sit down, shut up, put on a gentle YouTube audio or something and just breathe and relax and get back in tune with myself because it's so important. Everything that's happening now is so important and can be so fun.
0: Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, sure, future stuff is definitely, what, you know, I have things that I want to achieve, and they're very important to me, but I also have to, like, remind myself that, like, only this moment is real, like, none of that stuff is real. Um, do you, what do you do to, um, bring yourself back to the present? I know you kind of mentioned a little bit about it, but do you want to, like, go into, like, what is your process or feeling like you need to just be back here?
1: um well because i spend a lot of time here at my house working from here um i have to have methods to do that here and that really is just sitting down um, being silent sometimes it's going outside and letting the wind be the only music that i hear because most times i walk in a room and someone puts on music and you're just constantly bombarded with music all day and you don't get that sense of total silence um but going outside listening to music going on a bike ride that's been really good for me the last couple of days. Um, but then there's, you know, it can be anything like a sport or an exercise that you just get totally caught in the zone mm-hmm. and you're just feeling yourself and feeling your body and every breath when you're exhausted is really important, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah for
0: sure. um, what kind of music do you listen to?
1: Absolutely everything. <laughs> When I was growing up, my parents made me study uh, classical music. Really? I was homeschooled up until eighth grade,
2: uh-huh.
1: which is horrible. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. say- I, I like to be
2: homeschooled?
1: It's still that kind of cage feeling. You know, you're in the house with seven people up until the first one moves out and you see them every single day and you have dinner with them every single day. And also them being conservative yeah. They're very much like, you can't hang out with this person or this person or this, so I'm like, I've got no friends, I have to come home and hang out with family, and then on top of that, I have to spend hours yeah. sitting there with my mom while she teaches me, Just yeah. it was hard, it was very hard, um, but I feel really blessed for it as well, because now it's like, I don't know, I got a pretty good education um, being taught from home, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we learned about classical, and I think that helped me a lot. Um, she also made me learn piano when I was young too, um, and that helped me appreciate piano and just really simple music without all the complexities that we have today, like dubstep and yeah. stuff like that. Which I appreciate that too. But
2: <laughs> okay, that's
0: fascinating. That's really cool. yeah. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So when you're working, like, what is like the typical? Like, what's the noise that you're listening to? Assuming
1: it would it that? would sorry it would mostly be probably electronic um kind of an electronic house music
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: very upbeat happy it's not going too fast or too slow uh, it's right there in the middle and yeah i listen to that stuff a lot while i'm working but it depends on my work mood i, I sometimes need to just shift it up you know, something different
0: is there anything else that you'd like the audience to
1: know? Um well I don't know specifically what your podcast is centered on. I could probably give you a every, better every, everything.
2: About everything.
1: Okay. Well, for my personal audience, I always want them to know that you're completely in charge of your own life. You're in charge of your beliefs, and your beliefs are gonna make your feelings, and your feelings are gonna determine your actions. So if you want to change your life, change your belief structure. Get next to somebody who has a good belief structure. And the key to life is not hitting goals. Accomplishment is important, yes, but the key to life is the pathway to those goals, each step along the way. And if you don't enjoy that and you never hit your goal, then you didn't have any enjoyment, you idiot. So (laughs) get yourself together, make some moves, enjoy everything.
0: Uh, caleb is there any way that we can get in touch with you or connect with you on social media yep
1: sure um you can look up my name on facebook and hopefully you can find me Um, but also you can go to our website which is Mm -hmm. highlife.org that's h-a-i life.org and that's just going to have a lot of stuff about our program and what we work on and if you get in touch with us through there and you'll very easily be able to find me on Instagram and Facebook and whatever you need to and reach out and follow us on our journey.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank you so much for having, uh, for being on this show. Um, you are such a delight and um, yeah. Good. Good talk.
3: Good stuff.
1: You're, you're very pleasant as well, Vic. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. And thanks for hosting me.
3: All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'm going to post Caleb's info in the show notes. So if you want to check out his website, High Life, It's spelled H-A-I Life.org You can, you can check out what he does You can connect with him on social media There, and if you're interested You can apply to his fitness Coaching program as well Um, And then as far as Connecting with me goes, you can add me on instagram so i'm just at beck medina on instagram you can friend request me on facebook i'm facebook.com slash Sinclair, so that one's a little different and feel free to send me messages i always check and respond to my dms on um, both accounts Uh, i will say that if you have any questions that you want to ask me just go ahead and ask me the question you don't have to say hey can i ask you a question because that gives me a little bit of anxiety and i i won't respond and i don't want to not answer your question i do but so just go ahead and ask away just know that it's not going to be any trouble i'm more than happy to respond to anything that you say to me and i'm always happy to connect i love connecting with all of you i'm so grateful that you took the time to listen um and that you take the time to listen to any of the episodes and i'm so grateful that you even want to connect that brings me so much joy um So yeah, I also, I think I have voice messages set up on Anchor, which you can check out the link in my bio on on Instagram for that. So you can send me your questions if you want me to cover any topics. Um, I'm more than happy to answer your questions on air as well Um, if uh, if you want me to answer them on air, um, I can take suggestions. If you have any criticisms about the show, I'm happy to take them there as well. So you can just go to my anchor profile and check that out and leave your voice message. Just don't be a jerk is my only rule. I won't respond to that, obviously. Um, But yeah, if you have anything that you'd like to say about the show, Any topic suggestions that you would love for me to cover, I am all ears for you. Just know that you can just send a message in any of those places, and I'm more than happy to take it into consideration. And um, what else was I going to say? Oh, you can go to my website too, beckmedina.org, to check out my books, my blog, all that fun stuff. Um, Yeah. subscribe be sure to subscribe if you're not already subscribed leave a review your review is going to help other people realize that this is an amazing show that they should listen to if this is something that you love listening to then just spread the word let people know about it i'm so grateful to even have you as an audience member so thank you so much for always tuning in thank you for listening to this episode i love you all so much and i hope you guys have a great weekend bye